0: Hi, I'm Randolin. I'm Jennifer. And we're people.
1: Talking about people. People Talking People is a part of the Wonder Barn Podcast Network. You can check out other podcasts on travel, yoga, health, and business over at wanderbarn.com. That's W-A-N-D-E-R-B-A-R-N.com. Hi, Jen. Hi, Randallin. I know that they don't know, but we were just talking about how we haven't really chatted for like three weeks or so, something crazy like that. So it's just lovely to finally connect with you again
0: i know when we do solo episodes we usually don't like sit down and just talk at the other person we record them off on our own time and then just send the file to the other person to do whatever it is they do with it um so it is it's been forever since we've like been in a zoom room together at the same time to talk
1: and entertain new wonderful people So what are we going to be talking about today, Randolyn? I want you to tell them today. Okay.
0: We are going to be talking about homeschooling today. I was homeschooled for a greater portion of all of my school years. I went to private school for a year and went to public school for a year. And the other nine, I was homeschooled. And for those of you doing quick math in your head, yes, that is only 11 years and I did graduate early. <laughs> I I can do math, even though I was homeschooled, I can do math. Um, but Jen is going to be talking a little bit about her experience homeschooling her daughter this year, as this is their first year kind of undergoing that adventure.
1: So I think that's so funny that you're like, even though I was homeschooled, I can do math. Anyone who knows you knows you are exceptionally smart and the bar is set very high with Randolyn. so it she has left me with one of the most positive um, outlooks on homeschooling and actually frankly everyone I've talked to lately it's been that way but you are like the the quintessential positive. So it's going to be fun to hear from you in this context as well. And my homeschool journey has only been what, six months or so now in the sense that I'm including summer only because when we went out on the big COVID stay home for two weeks and we'll see what happens. It turned into months and months and months back in March. Um, we just didn't even know what was going on at the time. So when we took our daughter where well, we were told to keep them at home, and then we ended up moving across the country. But when we did that, we took off probably, I mean, March, April, May, I would say at least three months, if not maybe four, because we were just had no idea what to do. We, did, we were in that weird state still where we were kind of involved with school and she's only in kindergarten. So are we doing Zoom calls or are we not? Is their homework due? Is it not? It was just a very strange transitional period for us. So about the time that would have been the end of school, that kind of May, June time period, was when we kind of went, you know what, we need to get sort of serious about this homeschool business. So we started doing a lot of research, of which Randall was one of my great resources on this research, um, and really just started doing intense work with her at home without a curriculum, just kind of making up on our own what we were going to be doing and testing some things out, which was great. We got to see what worked and what didn't work how much my daughter liked it, didn't like it, what was challenging for her, what was challenging for us. And really just in this short period of time between then and now, um, have really figured out what's kind of working and um, what we have needed to change because my husband and I both I could say we have really had to adapt our own personal styles to make it work for our daughter. Um, so it's been really interesting. So we wanted to talk about what we like about it. And what we don't like about it, although there might not be a lot of those don't likes. Maybe you and I are a bad example because we'll have a lot of likes. I don't know um, but what we like and what we don't like. So we're going to hit on both of those. Um, we're going to do it from your perspective and my perspective. But I think it would be fun to start off with you. Why don't you just tell us from the person being homeschooled experience what you liked about it?
0: I... I think the summary of my homeschool experience is that I loved it. I did go to private and public school for a year because I was homeschooled from the age of, starting at the age of four. My mom had like pulled me out of preschool. I, she likes to tell the story. I came home one day and said, How many times do they have to, do I have to listen to them tell me that the M says mm? And she's like, Okay, maybe she's like done with preschool. Uh, so she had pulled me out of preschool and had been homeschooling me since i was four so by the time i was like eight nine-ish i had no recollection of what like being in school felt like or looked like or like having school friends like i didn't understand any of that and i definitely went through like a phase where that's what i like i wanted to experience it and as soon as i did i was like nope this is I don't like this anymore. Like, can I go back to being homeschooled? Um, So I had, there was like a, a short phase there when I was much younger where I was like, no, I don't want to be homeschooled. I want to go to school. I want to like have friends at school. I want to sit at a lunch table, like all of those things. And once I had that, I realized how much I didn't want it. And I went back to absolutely loving homeschooling. I think my favorite part about it was that it gives, so much freedom and flexibility to your day so I never had to take a sick day because if I wasn't feeling good I would just go back to bed for a couple hours and like get up and do my work in the afternoon in the evening or I could go um you know babysit for a family who needed some help during the day and do my work later or on a Saturday like I just had I didn't have as many like structural, structural, I can't say that word today. I'm going to give up. I didn't have as many um, parameters around like when and how my work had to be done, just the like end goal that x amount of days had to be done by this date in the year um, to say that I completed, you know, a full school year.
1: And that is probably the number one thing that I would say for me is like as well as the way you worded it, that that freedom and flexibility or less parameters. In this kind of strange world that we're in right now where there's, if you do send your children, most people only have the option right now for remote learning. And there's a lot of greatness to that. You know, the fact that there are a lot of people who can get that support if they need it. But for me and my family, it just felt like that that would cause more restrictions for us than we needed. We needed that flexibility. I work 40 to 50 hours a week when am I going to help? It can't be, oh, there's an 11 o'clock Zoom you got to dial into because I might have an 11 o'clock call that I have to be on. So it just wasn't going to work for us. So that ability to have that ability to have that flexibility was really key. And I think has probably been the one thing that stood out to say, like, we knew in the beginning that that would be the case, but it's like, wow, this has made a huge difference for us. Um, I will often work my normal work day. And then around, you know, five or so go down and do an hour or an hour and a half of reading, writing English with my daughter. Uh, so she will have had stuff in the morning with her dad stuff in the afternoon with me. And then if there's a really busy week where I can't do that, you know, at least three or four times in the evening, then we'll do some on the weekend too. So just having that ability to say when is the right time, uh, is really really special and really cool. And even just this last Friday, we went to a crocodile encounter farm where we got to spend an hour and a half on a guided tour and watching them feed crocodiles and alligators and tell us all about crocodiles and alligators. And then we had a big bag of carrots that we fed to goats and turtles. I mean, it was just really cool. So it was a great experience to get out and know that in the middle of the day we could do that and we did it with another homeschool group which was really cool so got to be around a lot of other kids and grace got to pet a snake and an alligator as well <laughs> which is like the talk of the the house still to this day like i don't think that's ever going to go away as like the coolest experience so yeah but that's the whole point right is that you have that and then flexibility and that freedom to do whatever you want to do to kind of make it work within your schedule I will say, you know, I'm not going to sit here on like my golden throne and make it sound like everything is wonderful and perfect. I have the luxury of a um, husband that is at home and does childcare. So he is kind of the primary responsible person for homeschool and just everything that goes on with the house. He's essentially a stay at home and home dad uh, with a part-time job on occasion, So I have that luxury. I have that flexibility. There is someone here doing that. Not everyone has that. So you have that kind of unique challenge. The other thing is we only have one child. So, you know, you could probably speak to this, like how your mom could do it with all these different kids through the years is amazing to me. Um, But it's also a lot easier with just one for us. Now I know there's ways to get routines and schedules down to make all that work, but it's just much easier for us to manage because of our own personal situation. So I have that luxury of being able to say, due to our situation, it is a little bit easier for us, but it's nice to know that we can kind of do what we want to do when we want to do it. I don't have to clock her in for attendance. You know, I don't have to um, drive her to the school, you know, whatever it would look like, whether it was in person or not. It's just been um, quite a, a blessing in that sense.
0: I love that yeah i like what you said about having one kid um my mother is a saint and through the years has homeschooled now going on six of us not all at the same time bless her heart the max she had going at once was four i I think four i'm trying to like run through our ages and make sure that's (laughs) correct (laughs) Um, yeah, I think the, the max she had at once was four. And to some extent, it was around, like, routine aspect. And then the other, I think, big component of how he she homeschooled us is she gave us so much ownership over our work. And she made it, like, really clear that we weren't allowed to do extracurriculars or like for my little brothers now they're a little bit more technology obsessed than I was so for them it's like you don't get time on the iPad until your schoolwork is done and they know the curriculum she kind of teaches off of has a few courses now they're 11 and 9 so they're a little bit older but it has a few kind of like classes and courses now that they can do 100% independently Um, so she says, you know, at the beginning of every day, here's the list of things you're doing, you know, you need my help today in math and English and spelling, because it's your spelling test day, come find me when you're ready for those, otherwise, you know, go ahead, do your work today. Um, and then, you know, they do their work, and then once everything's done, they now get either, like, their hour of iPad time, or they can go to a friend's house, like, they can go do other things, so... I think she's set her kind of like homeschool expectations up to best serve the needs of homeschooling for kids. And then, I mean, two of the kids she's homeschooling right now are in preschool. So she only does work with them two, three days a week um, for like an hour and a half, like nothing incredibly intense. They're two and three. They sing the alphabet a couple times a day and she calls it good.
1: <laughs> I love that. Your mom is a saint though. My goodness. So... You know, when you were kind of saying that I was writing some notes down on my end, starting to think about some of the things that would go on the the don't like, but here's the deal I want to say. There's a few things I want to share, but it's not so much that they're like really big negatives, they're challenges. So I'm going to kind of segue a little bit of like the positive with some of the challenges before we go into maybe some of the, the, the don't likes, because I think there were a couple of things that you said on there that kind of triggered some things for me personally. Um, what I found, and I know that you, you were a big helper for me in in this, in the beginning is there's just so, um, luckily now there's a lot more information. I think there's a lot more people out there who are choosing to homeschool. So it's easier to find the information. The reality is there was tons out there before, but it's just, there's so much stuff. It's like, where do you begin? It's a little bit of that, like analysis paralysis, Um, And I think one of the big pressure points with homeschooling is this concept of like choosing a curriculum and you choose one big one or pieces, or you not do one at all. Do you create one on your own? There's just so many unknowns around like the curriculum component. And what I found to be challenging with that is finding the balance between let's just get started because we need to try something and see what works and know that if it doesn't work, we can redo it. And then the balance between getting too many different curriculums to try and being even more overwhelmed so like sort of trying to strike that balance in between the two i found that to be really challenging so we even have now where maybe there's a couple things that i've purchased that i thought we would try that it's like oh it's not really relevant or it doesn't work for her learning style big deal. You just, you, re, you resell it to someone else who can use it. You know, it's not that big of a deal, especially these days, because there's so much people out there who are kind of doing the same thing. But I think that leaning more and airing more on that side of like just getting started is really critical and is really key. Otherwise you could spend so much time just researching and researching and researching and trying to figure out what's going to be the best thing. And it took us getting started to identify that, oh, maybe my daughter doesn't learn the way I thought she learned, right? Like I was making some assumptions, either based off of how she was in kindergarten, what the teacher told me, or maybe how we'd done certain small things, arts and crafts or something along those lines, like stretching that to think, okay, this is her learning style. And then really getting into it and identifying that, oh, it's actually a little bit different than I thought it was gonna be. And then with that is the parental teaching style, the same thing, like, oh, apparently I thought I was this type of a teacher, And apparently I'm this type of a teacher. And now they've even got like surveys out there where you can take a survey and you can figure out what your own teaching style is and which curriculum is better aligned to all that. So there's lots of good information out there, but working hard to strike that balance between picking something, getting started and analysis paralysis, (laughs) I found that to be a little bit of a challenge. I feel like we did fairly well because at least we're moving, you know, at this point and I don't have like a whole bookshelf of extra books we aren't going to use. Um, but every day, you know, I, I learn something new about the process. Like, Oh, she, she doesn't receive this well, or she's not tuning into this or what do I need to do now? She's struggling with this component of this thing. How do I go find something specialized just to dive into that one piece, which is really fun. That's when you get kind of into some of those, those details. I like that. So it's kind of a a like and a don't like all at the same time. But it is a challenge nonetheless. It is a challenge.
0: Yeah. I, yes. I definitely remember my mom struggling with that a lot when she was homeschooling myself and my oldest younger brother. Um, because we were her like guinea pigs where she was trying different like every other year we were doing a different curriculum and we were like trying this program or that program and now I think she's got it like down to a science and she just knows where to order what from and what programs they do for like math and spelling and she has um, you know on that regard Jen like what you were saying sometimes you know kids learn a little differently so one of my little brothers goes through this one spelling program and the other one does another one because they teach the same concepts in different ways and it's just easier for them to digest in that. So that's something she's had to kind of learn and experience through trying to teach them spelling and and, and like struggling with that. Um, so yeah, it is. It's like a, it's a jigsaw puzzle you get to put together and take apart and put together. But I think that's what makes it Kind of fun and interesting is there are so many options. So if you don't feel like something is the right fit, you're not just stuck with it. There is probably something out there that's going to be better or going to meet a need a little bit differently and really allow the student and the teacher to enjoy that learning process because it's not like pulling teeth on either side.
1: Yeah. And you know, what you were just talking about there kind of sparked something else for me. We kind of mentioned this, alluded to this in the beginning, but find person out there that has been through this like that was so key for me i talked to multiple people who were either homeschooled or homeschooling their children and i I mean everyone's got to know someone at this point like really um (laughs) you know because there's you can do a google search and find some cool websites but again it it might quickly Spawn into analysis paralysis and too much information so just talking to a real human and networking with people out there who've been experiencing it I think is extremely helpful because then at least you just get the real world example of like your mom being the perfect example having homeschooled so many different children who have different learning styles who went through different programs you know all this type of stuff I just being able to say you know here's kind of here's what I looked for or oh that first time this occurred it made me think oh I need to try something new but you just wouldn't know some of that until you get started so being able to rely on those networks of people that are out there i think is just really critical and key yeah
0: i love that yeah. okay jen what's another challenge that isn't necessarily a like or a dislike but is like the gray area
1: yeah so i think um What I'm noticing is this, so there are so many homeschool groups out there, right? So whether it's like a Facebook group or something, all of that is wonderful because it's this great opportunity to finally connect. Oh, okay. You're giving me a face. I find it apps like,
0: it's music to my ears to hear you say that because I think one of the largest misconceptions people still have about homeschoolers is that we're unsocialized, we live under a rock, we never interact with anyone but our parents, and when I tell people about, like, my experience as a homeschooler and, like, being a part of all these different groups— It's like unfathomable to them. So I'm really glad to hear you saying that as such a new homeschooler that you recognize like how socialized homeschoolers are.
1: Yes, like massively, like seriously, massively. I mean, the amount of we could literally be going to an event every single day if we wanted to. I mean, it's just like crazy, outrageous. It's almost too much, right? (laughs) Again, it's the analysis paralysis thing. There's almost too much opportunity. Um, And I love all of that. I think the biggest challenge i'm having is just related to this time that we're in right now here we are in this weird time where it's like do you go out is it a mask up is it a no mask like all these crazy covid things that have just changed the world it's not as easy as every thursday we meet at this park and we play like it doesn't always look like that so that's one of those challenges for me that i'm trying to kind of figure out the dynamics of a little bit because there's this positive side of There's so much social opportunity, but then there's this other side of are people still doing it? Is it still fun and engaging and exciting? What does it look like in this COVID world that we're in? And that's just the everyday challenge of COVID. Thank you very much. Like, that's just kind of where we're at right now. And I want to make sure that, you know, at a minimum, things like recess still happen. I mean, we don't it's not like I have a timer at 10 o'clock. Let's go outside for 15 minutes. You know, it doesn't quite work that way. Um, And because my daughter is an only child, if we aren't doing one of those activities with the group, you know, it's pretty hard to say, Hey, go play in the backyard for 15 minutes. I mean, she's going to be by herself. Like who wants to do that? So, and we may not have time, you know, to, to join in. So I think that's the biggest challenge for me right now is just kind of the, the world itself and what are the dynamics that it's changing. And It's just a matter of figuring things out. Like I said, last week we went to this like crocodile thing and, and it was great. Like it worked out great. And for me, that was probably the, one of those sort of first steps into going, okay, it looks like we can make things work in a way that works, you know, for us. Um, but that's just kind of one of the weird challenges is there's everyone sort of still buckled up and, Um, you know, buttoned up in their homes and we don't have kids out on bikes and, you know, some of the stuff that would just be more normal everyday things. So it's almost not even homeschool related, but because it potentially affects the amount of social time that my child is getting, it does feel like it's um, a challenge for me right now. I
0: hope you counted that crocodile adventure as like two hours of science time.
1: (laughs) Well, the good news is in Texas, you don't have to count your hours or any of that so if you need to homeschool texas is the place to be you don't have to count or log anything you just teach you just live you just do so i such a weird world
0: (laughs) oh okay that's awesome yeah i do i think even like my mom's struggling with her homeschool group right now on that balance of like how often are we getting together and the things that they used to do kind of now do have another layer of, like, restrictions or um, requirements around that, like, COVID world, and how many kids can participate in this program now, and so, like, everything they have to sign up ahead of time for, and she has to get a sitter for, like, the preschoolers, because she can't just have extra people there, and, like, it's become a whole big, like, pain in the butt (laughs) Um, from a, like, logistical standpoint. Like, obviously, it's good for a lot of reasons, and I, you know, we're glad to see people, like, taking this, continuing to take this seriously, even though it feels like it's been a joke for nine months that isn't funny. Um, But, I mean, it, it is just, like, a logistical nightmare to try and, like, figure out all of those things and think through what going out on an activity actually entails. So props to you Jen for
1: figuring it out and
0: getting out to see the wildlife of North America.
1: <laughs> um, okay, so those are kind of my challenges. I've got maybe one or two little things in the dislike bucket though, like I said, I don't know. They're probably one of those where it's positive really secretly, you know, type of thing. Um, like when they say in a job interview, you know, what are your weaknesses and you really answer it with the strengths. Um, but I, I do is that I'm too detail oriented. Exactly. See, yep. That's where we're going with this next part. Uh, and my weaknesses, I'm too detail oriented. That's right. Um, yeah, I, I like people so much that I just talk with people a lot or something, you know, I don't know. Anyways. Yes. So with that said, um, I want to hear from your perspective. And you may not have any. Did you have any things that you didn't like about homeschool, being homeschooled? Um,
0: I don't think, when I got a little bit older, I don't think I really enjoyed simultaneously like having a teacher and a parent. And that's when my mom kind of started transitioning us to more like online based curriculum so she wasn't necessarily the one like handing us a paper that said you didn't pass it was like we would take a test on the computer and the computer would be like zero out of five like you failed um, and so it just when it got when we got a little bit older it was hard to know like it was hard to navigate if this was, like, my mom this minute or my teacher because she would be, like, okay, guys, lunchtime, and she would make lunch, and then after lunch, she'd, like, hand me an English paper that I wrote that she was, like, do it again. <laughs> um, and I was, like, wait, what happened to the nice mom that, like, just made me lunch? Um, but that's when, like I said, she we kind of transitioned to some, like, online-based curriculums that took some of those, like, hard to – or, like, flip-side interactions out of the equation, and then it was just, like – Her looking at our reports every week, saying like, "Hey, what happened in math this week?" Or like, "Do you want some help with you know these action verbs in English?" Or something like based on, you know, the the test results that we were producing that week, Um, we'd have like three to five like knowledge check questions every lesson we would complete to like see if we understood the concepts. Um, So those were like those became normal, like, parent-student conversations. It didn't feel like she was the one who was, like, trying to be my teacher and then being like, yeah, but let me help you, like, as a parent. Um, So that was what I – it was, like, a like and a dislike. And I think she caught it early enough that it didn't become, like, a massive tension point because she was like, nope, don't like this (laughs) online programming. (laughs) Uh, But I think that was really it. I mean, I didn't – i guess i i really like the flexibility and to some extent like my mom had to put a stop to that at times when we would maybe get like too far behind or maybe like it had been five days and we actually like hadn't done any school because we were just being like too lax about schedules um and to like the social aspect like there would be weeks where we'd go like monday do this and tuesday afternoon do this and wednesday do that um and so there were weeks where she'd be like, no, we're not doing anything. Like, you guys haven't done book work in three days. Like, go do book work. Um, so I think, like, those were things that I, like, disliked. But it kept looking back on can be like, no, like, that's actually was good for my education.
1: I think that's some really important stuff that you point out, though, too. It may not be as applicable for, you know, me yet. But that's kind of why we're having this conversation, because there probably are people who are listening who it's very applicable to, where kind of creating that line between teacher and mom. I think that's really good and super important. So, and what you said about the flexibility where it can almost be a disadvantage, that is another thing that I kind of have written down as well for a dislike is the flexibility is fabulous. Um, but if you aren't careful, it can become, you know, not good, right? Because a lot of us really drive and operate off of schedule Routine, especially children, right? Really operating off of routine. So, again, it goes back to like this balance thing. That's probably like my word with homeschool. You're talking about the balance with curriculum, you know, all that. But here with balance, how much of a schedule do I create and how much consistency so that we're meeting like at the same time every single time or something is occurring on some sort of routine or pattern so that they can create a habit around it. So, it becomes more of a behavior and it becomes healthy. Not just like, oh, it's been three days and we didn't do anything and then we're playing catch up. And then maybe we get frustrated because we're working too hard and we're not enjoying the process and the journey. So that's one thing that I kind of have my microscope on is watching that little bit of schedule and how we can put as much schedule into it as possible. Um, I'm very fortunate too, where my parents, uh, one of my son's parents live very close by. And so it's really great. So we can send her over there for like home economics to do sewing and baking and cooking and other fun stuff. But it's really easy for that to get out of control quickly too. Like, did we just go play? Did we watch TV? Did we actually do something? So again, just sort of really being careful of the schedule and the routine and trying to put as much structure in that it is helpful for both the child but then also, you know, the adults. So that was one of mine and and you kind of hit the nail on the head when you were talking about flexibility there. Um, I think... Oh, yeah, go ahead.
0: It takes a lot of discipline. Like, you can be really good at it and you can be really flexible, but at some point, you have to have the disciplines, like, actually get the book work done. And I don't think people fully understand like how much discipline it's going to take to say we didn't do school 3 days this week. Yes, it's Saturday, but I need you to do math, science, and history today and actually like enforce that with their kid. It's just like for us it's I go over to my mom's house every weekend, usually on Sundays, and the kids will be doing school. They're like, "Yeah, Mom told me I could have you know two hours on the iPad today if I did these four subjects." So here I am, you know, doing my four subjects. And I'm like, "What? You're like the biggest nerd ever! Like, you're, it, you know, it's Sunday. You do you know that?" Um, but it is. It's like that that routine and that habit that she's created around completing school means they get to do something fun. Um, but it it's that discipline that she's now built over homeschooling six kids she's like, this is how we do it. Um, to make sure that they are getting those days in and that book work done.
1: Yeah, that's great. So the other component, and this will be my last piece of the like, I don't know, dislike, do not like challenge, whatever word we wanna like fill in there. It's really just related to both my husband and I, and I mentioned this I was kind of talking about the teaching style thing. But I think um, when you have younger children, I don't know if this is as much for older children, but definitely for younger children, it's kind of like, you know, we always joke about, oh, they liked grapes for two weeks straight. And so I bought a big thing of grapes because they were on sale. And then I brought them home and all of a sudden they don't like grapes anymore. Right. <laughs> so things are just always changing. And it seems like there's about a two week time schedule and something about two weeks. I don't know what that is, but every 14 days, there's like a change in their level of interest. And I think the same is the case for learning style as well. So I know for a fact that she, in the beginning is like adapting to our teaching styles. And then there was like a frustration point, like it just didn't work. So then there was a boil over and a melt over and then, okay, what do we need to adjust and then we're just sort of making assumptions based off of what we think is occurring. Cause it's a little bit hard for her to vocalize. I mean, I even asked her at one point, you know, what did you really love about kindergarten and and being with your teacher? And she just couldn't like think of very specific things. It was just more general stuff, but it wasn't like, Oh, she would do this with me and ask questions this way. You know, she's just too little in, in my case. Right. So That is probably the thing that I dislike the most is just the constant sort of having to, to check in and know that I might not be doing it right anymore. Like I might need to change and adjust what I'm doing and that's okay. This is all learning. It's just, for me, it becomes frustrating because I've got a lot going on. You know, I'm a busy lady over here, so it's hard to know. Okay. Every couple of weeks, like I need to really stop and evaluate and assess Am I getting what I need to out of it? Is she getting what she needs to out of it? You know, where are we sort of at at in the journey and the process? Um, That's all a good thing. Again, this is like disguising like a a strength as a weakness, but I think that's a really good thing though, because it just really continues to reinforce that the process should be hard. I mean, it shouldn't be easy. Like, yeah, you're going to create routine and structure and discipline, but all of us should be learning through it. It's not just about her learning. It's about me learning as well. So it's that time to kind of step up and say, okay, it's time, time to learn and time to challenge myself. Same thing with my husband, time to challenge himself. I mean, he learns so much differently than I do. He learns so much differently than she does. So he's going to teach differently than I do. He's going to teach differently than she would receive. So balancing all that between our little triad of a family is tough. It's definitely tough, um, but in the end, rewarding because she's already learning a ton, which is exciting.
0: I love that. I think, and maybe this is just a small note of encouragement, and I know we are at about time, so I'll keep this short. Um, Those are things that I think can take time when they're younger, but as soon as you guys kind of get in that rhythm and she gets a little bit older, it'll be so easy for her and it sounds like you're asking the right questions, Jen. So it'll be so easy for her to say, "Oh, I learn best when I'm asked, you know, very open-ended questions or like compare and contrast style questions." Like, and she'll be able to kind of like understand what that means because those are, you know, how you you're gonna. Hey, we're gonna practice this kind of question today, and you can see, you know, how those things go. But as she gets older, that's gonna get so much easier both for her and for you guys. So hang in there.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, dear.
0: And I couldn't do it without your help. So I love that. Awesome. Well, I think this is a wrap on our, for probably first episode about homeschooling. I think this will, I mean, this is a conversation we've been having for, since June. I don't know how many months that is. Um, so I'm sure it will continue to be a conversation for us. But, That's a wrap on today's episode, so be sure to head over to wonderbarn.com slash people talking people to learn more about our show and check out the other great shows in the Wonderbarn Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Bye.